Bob Dylan lies. He says so. If you told the truth, that was all well and good, he writes in his autobiography. And if you told the untruth, well, that's still well and good. Folk songs had taught me that. For starters, that wasn't his given name. He was born Robert Allen Zimmerman in Duluth, Minnesota in 1941. When he was six, his family moved 75 miles north to the small town of Hibbing, where his mother came from. Her father, Robert's grandfather, had opened a grocery store there in 1913, the year of the Calumet Massacre. Hibbing's a good old town, Dylan wrote in a poem. I ran away from it when I was 10, 12, 13, 15, 15 and a half, 17, and 18. I've been caught and brought back all but once. Funny, but probably not true. After publishing this, Dylan denied it was accurate, then said it was, then denied it again. Around the same time, he wrote, My youth was spent wildly among the snowy hills and sky-blue lakes, willow fields and abandoned open pit mines. Contrary to rumors, I am very proud of where I'm from and also of the many bloodstreams that run in my roots. His father, Abe Zimmerman, was the son of Ukrainian immigrants. His mother's grandparents were Lithuanian. Through the Depression, Abe Zimmerman worked for Standard Oil, eventually becoming head of the company-run union, a union set up to keep workers from designing their own. In Hibbing, Abe became a partner in his brother's electrical appliance store and president of the local Benet Breath. It was not a rich town, Dylan would write. My parents were not rich. It was not a poor town, and my parents were not poor. It was a dying town. It was a dying town. Part of that's true. His parents weren't rich, but they were better off than many. And Hibbing, it turns out, wasn't dying. It was changing. The town sits above the largest iron deposit in the United States. The Mesabi Range was formed 3,000 million years ago due west of the Copper Lode in Michigan. Named for the German immigrant who discovered the iron, Hibbing exists because of the Mesabi. In fact, it had to be moved south in 1919 when the mining undermined Main Street. A town of 16,000 when the Zimmermans arrived, it was dwarfed by what Dylan called the biggest open pit ore mine in the world. You could stand at one end of Hibbing's main drag and see clear past the city limits on the other end. The Masabi produced the iron for World War II ships and planes and tanks. 188 million tons of it. But when the war ended, as the Zimmermans arrived, Hibbing's ore was all but mined out. Production steadily declined, and as workers elsewhere were getting post-war pay raises, Hibbing entered a local depression. The iron depletion, as one of Bobby Zimmerman's classmates recalled, caused a great deal of unemployment and hardships. It was kind of a bleak time to live. Zimmerman would describe Hibbing as a place without any particular troubles or differences. Where I lived, there aren't any suburbs, there's no poor section, and there's no rich section. As far as I knew, where I lived, nobody had anything that anybody else didn't have, really. Or not really. There were clear distinctions between immigrants and native-born, between shopkeepers like Mr. Zimmerman and iron ore miners. According to Dylan's brother, Bobby always went with the daughters of miners, farmers, and workers in Hibbing. He just found them a lot more interesting. As one of those daughters, Bobby's first serious girlfriend, puts it, he was from the right side of the tracks and I was from the wrong side. In Dylan's version of his past, the Zimmerman part, the store owner and Jewish part gets less play than the Midwestern working class part. I'm only 15, he wrote in a poem. The only job around here is mining, but 
Jesus, who wants to be a minor? I refuse to be part of such a shallow death. In fact, he wasn't likely to end up a minor, and this sounds more like one of his heroes, actor and fellow Midwesterner James Dean. Rebel Without a Cause came out when Zimmerman was 14, and he papered his room with pictures of Dean. If I had one day when I wasn't all confused, Dean's character says, I didn't have to feel that I was ashamed of everything. If I felt I belonged someplace, you know? Listen to a home tape of Zimmerman and a high school friend talking, and the teenager's drawled, high-pitched hipster lilt sounds a lot like Dean's. As he was studying Hollywood's version of Rebellion, he was tuning his radio to the sounds of Elvis Presley, Buddy Holly, and the man he called his first idol, Hank Williams. Maybe that's how he ran away from home, by identifying with outlaws, the ones who had somehow escaped the shallow death. Under the...